An imaginary world where women led extraordinary lives. And when the picture was about factory workers or men kissing their secretaries, she snuck behind the stage and played checkers or penny poker with the manager's one-handed son. Sometimes my thoughts are clearly mine. I hear them speak to me in my own voice. Other times I see myself from far away, and my thoughts are ghostly, aerial, in the third person. When I was very young, six or seven, I already wanted to die. I already had the dream. I wanted to escape, to go higher, to leave my body, and this made me seem ambitious, greedy for life. When I was young, people hated my greediness, but they enjoyed it too. A little girl filled with desire is a beautiful sight, ugly, but very beautiful. My father gave me a gun for Christmas, against my grandfather's wishes. It was a twenty-two caliber rifle. I used to hunt for rats in my grandparents' barn, the milky winter light falling down between the rafters, scraps of hay dust floating like lazy planets. I'd lift my rifle slowly, like a cowboy on the plains, and press my eyelashes up against the barrel. When you shoot a rat, it falls over in a soft heap. I liked the look of a dead rat, so peaceful. The sky is flesh. I'm flying around the world. A fine perspiration laces my face and neck. It begins to seep down my back. Twisting my left arm around behind me, I locate a can on a shelf. I grab hold of the screwdriver and steadying the can in my lap, I poke two holes through its metal skin. When I poke the holes, I hear a tiny pop, like the release of a toy gun. Inside the plane, the mindless roar of the engine plays a dull accompaniment to my snack. When I finish the juice, I put the can back on the shelf and lick the last drops of salt from my lips. This is what's happening. I'm flying over the Pacific, somewhere off the coast of New Guinea, in my twin-engine Lockheed Electra, and I'm lost. This is my predicament. I fiddle with the radio the way I have fiddled with it so many times before, only this time I receive nothing. I look down at my fuel gauge, and my eyeballs tremble rapidly as they follow the small, significant movements of the indicator. My radio is useless. I'm running out of gas and I'm suffering from dehydration and fatigue. I wish I had a piece of chocolate, I say out loud above the roar of the engine. Clouds gather beneath me, gauzy, insubstantial ribbons of cloud veiling the green sea, then endless stretches of extreme whiteness uninterrupted by sea. I travel through valleys of unformulated cloud dissolving and recovering itself, After a while, it begins to take shape again, weightier hills of lather rolling down to nowhere, breaking up into islands of pinkish white, separated by sudden shocks of blue. I like to lose myself in the beauty of the sky, but today I seem unable to fall in love with my surroundings without being yanked back to the gravity of my predicament. I'm a practical escapist and every movement of my mind, each digression from dream to reality and back again, is a faithful expression of my character. Weaving in and out of the strange clouds,
hidden in my tiny cockpit, submerged, alone, on the magnitude of this weird, inhuman space, I feel as if I'm not alive, Lindbergh said. That's what I want, that feeling. I want this dream of death I'm passing through. Once, when I was a little girl, my father took me for a ride on a roller coaster. The day was breezy and crowded with lots of starched, puffy clouds in the sky. We were at a fairgrounds, and as I waited in line, I heard a band playing off in the distance. When my turn finally came, I allowed my father to help me into the wooden car. I felt the touch of his large hand and the dryness of his wide, taut palm. I allowed him to lift me into the rickety seat. After strapping me onto the bench, he climbed in next to me. Well, he sighed, this is going to be...